Welcome, everybody. This is our very first episode of Rooting for You. My name is Gwen, and my co-host is Jen, and we are so excited to get started. Um, this episode is just going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and why we want to go on this journey with you. So I'm just going to kick it over to Jen and ask her to introduce herself first. Hey, Gwen. Thanks so much. So yes, I'm Jen, and I am a registered dietitian. That's my background and training. I've worked in a lot of different kind of venues within the nutrition, wellness, health field. So I've worked at health departments. I've worked at um, in the clinical setting at a ch local children's hospital. Um, I've also worked in the corporate wellness setting. So um, I kind of I've been able to kind of flex all the different you know factions of the nutrition dietitian um, muscles, I guess. And um, Right now, I'm working in the change management space. Um, I'm brand new to my role, but I'm loving it. Um, it really ties in nicely with the whole, you know, health, wellness, nutrition, human behavior, change management, all of those things. So I'm really loving this. And um, just a little bit personal about me. So I um, I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, so I have an autoimmune disorder, and I have really experienced a lot on my health journey. Um, in terms of tips and tricks and things that I've figured out work for me. Um, my mother also has it. So she, um, she and I have been able to kind of like swap tips and tricks and things like that, which has been fun and very enlightening. <laughs> and uh, we've just tried a lot of different stuff and we're just kind of trying to keep the things that are working. Um, I also have had, you know, a fun health journey with my back um, I herniated a disc and oh, I've yeah. had a couple, yes, <laughs> I've had, I mean, Gwen, you know, this saga, but I've had a couple of, uh, back surgeries. I also had a hip surgery before the back surgeries. So I've, um, kind of experienced a lot in that arena as well. Um, but I think most importantly, I am a mama of two, um, precious little girls and, um, I'm a wife. And so, and I absolutely love food. Gwen knows that I just, I talk about food all the time. It's my favorite subject. I want to know what, what are you eating for your snack? What did you have for lunch today? And perhaps yesterday, <laughs> what's all the things, you know, that's you why we're any? such good friends. That's exactly. <laughs> just love to eat the food. And if we can eat the food together, you know, more better for that. Yes. So I love to, um, keep it simple though, in that food space, you know, really making sure that, um, it's realistic, you know, with the kiddos and, you know, working full time, both my husband and I, and then, you know, all the things it's just, it's a lot to navigate. So I try to, you know, do those little food hacks, life hacks, you know, find them wherever I can and just really, you know, share them with my friends and, um, insert Gwen, um, that, that I feel like that's really what we bonded over. Um, cause we yeah. work together, um, at the last company that we worked at, at, um, and, uh, would you, would you want to talk a little bit about your kind of yeah. journey and, you know, where we met and all that? Absolutely. Um, so similarly, um, I have kind of made a career around communications and training and change management. Um, so I've been focused on understanding why people do the things that they do for the majority of my life. Um, but it's, you know, really personal to me because I'm someone who is constantly trying to transform themselves. Um, my boyfriend and I joke about like, we're in a video game and we're constantly trying to level up. So 
my goal is always to be challenging myself and pushing myself. Um, so I had been in technology um, as a career for a really long time um, and loved it, loved being able to help people use technology to better their work lives and their personal lives. So it was a really exciting opportunity and I got you know lots of fortunate um, you know, career opportunities through that. But um, last year, actually, you know, during the pandemic, essentially, um, I did a lot of reevaluation and trying to figure out, um, you know, what's next for me, what makes sense for my passions. So in October, I left my corporate job and started to pursue just a life of inspiration and creativity, which was and is really scary to just leave the thing that you know and mm-hmm. focus on just everything that's open to you. And truly when everything is open to you, it's incredibly overwhelming and daunting. So it has been quite the journey the last several months to understand myself, understand what I really want in life and really leverage my passions and my strengths to you know, be the best version of myself. So at the end of the year, um, I've been on a long health journey um, as well. Um, I have Crohn's disease and um, PCOS and some hormonal imbalances. That's polycystic ovarian syndrome um, that have really led me to question everything that I've put into my body um, so that I you know, really am trying to optimize my health with all of those concerns. So at the end of the year, I ended up pursuing a holistic nutritionist certification. So Jen and I have kind of swapped places. Her original focus was nutrition and my original focus was change management. Now I'm leaning more towards nutrition and she's focusing on change management. But I think it stems from very similar passions in the sense that we both love helping people be better. And so both of those things kind of work together, right, Jen? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've just kind of tried to trade places. <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I think really quick, see how it feels. But it's almost like we're just strengthening everything that we already were doing because mm-hmm. I, you know, I was in kind of the organizational change management space. So really driving organizational corporate goals by understanding how people go through their change journey. Right. So saying, Hey, the company wants a new software, for example, and so helping people get prepared for that new software. But now I'm saying this person wants to be healthier. How can I help them prepare and have the tools and skills to do that? So it's such a related skill set, honestly. And it's really just about using that passion and really that commitment to helping others. And it's one of my favorite things, and as Jen alluded to, we got to know each other in the work setting when we were at the same company. Um, this was before I left. And uh, really the pandemic, in all honesty, brought us together in a, a very like strong way because we, I think during that time, everyone was searching for things like connection and balance and health, right? So those mm-hmm. three focuses kind of spring to the surface. Um, and through that, we really just, I don't know, got really close using apps like Marco Polo yes. <laughs> to send really long-winded videos, <laughs> which is really what this is. <laughs> yeah. Really appreciating. I was like, oh, 
thank goodness, you know, here I am like three in the morning nursing the baby. And I'm like, oh yeah. And I've got my headphones and I'm like, did Gwen send me a super long video? Please let her have sent me a super long video that I can entertain myself with right now. And you did. You did. <laughs> it was my favorite. I so looked forward to them. And then I would see like the little notification on my phone, Gwen is talking to you. And I'm like, all right. Oh. <laughs> I know it really was the best. It was such a big deal to have someone that, you know, is very like-minded, um, but is also good at challenging me too, which I think is one of the qualities I appreciate the most in Jen, um, which I hope comes to this podcast, right? So this is our very first episode. Um, everyone listening is getting to know us. One of the things that I think that we'll bring to the table is, you know, kind of showing our own connection and challenging each other and bringing information to whoever's listening. Um, and really, you know, the title of our podcast is Rooting for You because everything we do is really because we want to help each other be better. Um, so you're going to get a window into that world um, where we're really talking about connection and creativity and food, lots of cooking and lots of food, <laughs> nutrition. <laughs> um, and so the, the title also is a little nod to root vegetables. <laughs> so um, if you uh, have seen any of like, there's the cutest like coffee mugs with like a carrot and a beet on there that say rooting for you. And that's the image I have in my head when I think about this podcast. So <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, no. And I mean, to that end too, you know, thinking about that rooting for you concept and how we support one another and we're advocates for one another. Um, but really, yeah, inspiring each other to be our own health advocates. Um, I talk, you know, with this whole health journey that I've been on um, with the Hashimoto's diagnosis, which I got diagnosed only about a year and a half ago. So it's relatively recent and I'm still learning all the things, right? Um, my mom got diagnosed probably 10, 12 years ago. And so, um, you know, really working with her and helping her to be her own advocate with her doctors, um, you know, and talking about kind of some, some different venues in which to seek out medical care, right? And so I, I definitely want to bring that to this podcast as well, because with all of my surgery backgrounds and now, you know, I'm, I go to a, a holistic um, healthcare practice. And so I, I see a naturopath, um, functional nurse care practitioner. So and I've really learned so, so much. And I've been able to kind of share that with my mom. Um, but really just, you know, that connection piece of, you know, we are our own health expert. We are the expert Absolutely. of our bodies, you know, and what does that look like? How can we better advocate in the medical setting with our doctors who are telling us, no, I'm going to tell you, you know, this, that, and the other, and I'm, I'm going to spend 10, 15 minutes with you tops. And you know, maybe miss something that's pivotal over here, or, you know, how can we better equip our doctors, no matter what venue you're seeking your medical care through, right? How can we better equip them with the information that they need to help us, you know? So, yeah. And actually, when you, passionate about. yeah, for sure. And um, when you brought up your mom, you know, my mom also um, has had some health struggles. And, and I think about the connection and community and that, that aspect of, kind of making ourselves better and what that contributes to in terms of our well-being. Um, it is so hard to go to a doctor over and over again with 
seemingly unrelated symptoms. And that's what so many people with autoimmune disorders really face is, you know, I've got this whole suitcase full of symptoms and I'm going to a doctor that only cares about one component. You know, our right. medical industry is divided into specialists. And so mm-hmm. um, for like my Crohn's diagnosis, for example, I was going to a GI specialist who only really is going to focus on, you know, those digestive disorders, um, which thankfully was the right place for my ultimate diagnosis. But prior to that, I had been tossed around multiple specialists because I had, you know, just low energy. I was getting hives on a regular basis. I, you know, have migraines, all of these other things um, that, you know, people don't know can actually all be related to this systemic immune system response that's happening in the body, you know, and once I got my Crohn's diagnosis, I really did just like what you're saying, I became an advocate for myself where it was like, I have to be the one that knows because I'm the only one that knows exactly how I feel and Mm -hmm. I can bring to the table information and research. Uh, so I became kind of that, you know, WebMD doctor, <laughs> uh, which I know is frustrating doctor. to doctors sometimes. They're like, oh, you think you learned everything you need to know. But while that is absolutely not true, and I would never claim to have that kind of information. And if this is the time to insert a disclaimer in our podcast, we should, we are not yes. medical experts. Nope. Um, but I do think you have to go to a doctor's appointment or, you know, any sort of um, visit and be able to push back a little and say, but, you know, research has shown this or, you know, why haven't we talked about this other symptom that might be related um, and bring it all to the table? And if you don't, then, you know, sometimes the questions don't get asked and you end up suffering for longer um, or maybe just taking various medications to try to resolve all these symptoms and never addressing the root cause. Um, oh, there's another root. I know. I See, was just rooting like, for you. Rooting for you. Because <laughs> all the things. Yes. No, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, just with my kind of joint journey um, and figuring out, you know, everything with my back. Um, so a little, little personal, vulnerable um, insight here into me. <laughs> so when I was getting my master's degree um, in public health nutrition and doing the dietetic internship simultaneously, um, very busy. I was also a graduate research assistant. So I was super, super busy working 16, 18 hour days. Um, and so the irony is that I was getting it in nutrition, you know, getting my degree in nutrition, but um, I gained like 25 pounds, um, you know, just very stressed out working constantly, you know, d- didn't really have the time to work out, you know, when I did have, you know, the, the eight hours that I had that I wasn't doing all the other things I wanted to sleep. <laughs> of course, which is body. also very important. <laughs> so important, right? So um, I just got really, really wound up and, and super stressed out. My body was just I wasn't taking proper care of my body, um, certainly not putting the foods in it that was, you know, really going to help to nourish me and fuel me properly. But um, more than that, my hormones in terms of the stress and everything were just completely crazy. Um, And then when I graduated and got, you know, a job, um, right before I started that job, I had like a two week little window where, you know, I just graduated and then I hadn't, I wasn't starting my job yet. And so I was like, all right, 
it's time to lose the weight and get back healthy and do all the things. So I went for a nine mile run because it's just who I am. You know, it's all or nothing. You went from like zero to nine. (laughs) (laughs) Zero to nothing. Here we go. I ran cross country in high school and college and middle school. And so I was just like, I muscle memory. This will be fine. I can do this. Mm -hmm. So um, I ran and totally like, you know, my muscles were so sore. I was sore for like the next eight days, you know. And then I went to um, a little get together at my friend's house and it was raining and I slipped on a step and I oh. fell um, and it was a cement step and I fell on my back. And um, that kind of started the whole, I feel like joint issues and everything like that, you know, figured out that um, I had a muscle spasm, but I really think I had started the bulging of that disc um, wow. in my lower, lower back kind of through that process. So anyways, but going to the specialists, right? When I had um, like your, what you were talking about, I went to a neurosurgeon and I had an, an MRI and they were like, okay, well, you've just got this bulging disc. There's nothing to be done. You know, let's go to physical therapy. So I got passed around. I went to a podiatrist. Maybe there's something with your feet going on. I went to um, an orthopedic surgeon. They looked at my hip, um, all of the things. And I was going to a chiropractor and just trying to just figure it out. Right. And trying to be my own health advocate, but I just didn't know even really where to start. You know, it just seems so convoluted and also not realizing that simultaneously at the same time, I was a little redundant simultaneously at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was also, my Hashimoto's uh, was turning on, right. It was getting triggered by some um, leaky gut that I had developed because of, you know, the poor eating practices during graduate school and all of the things. So it was all very related. And then your adrenal glands and the stress hormones. And I mean, it's super complicated, you know, and even though I was my own expert of my own body, I knew how I was feeling. I was so confused by all of what I was feeling and trying to like process that. Right. So it wasn't until I went to a chiropractor at a um, holistic um, practice that had a functional nurse care practitioner on um, staff, a a functional podiatrist. um, They have um, also, you know, the chiropractors, they have massage therapists, they have all the things there. And he, he was like, yeah, you, um, let's look at your hip a little bit more. And there's something that I noticed on the x-ray, let's get an MRI on that. And that just kind of started everything. So I won't, I'll, I'll save that full story for another episode, but I mean, just really, you know, to that point where it's just, it, it is confusing. You have to kind of, you know, be your own advocate in the way of, you know, writing stuff down, maybe even, cause it's just so many things coming at you and autoimmune disorders, the medical field, I mean, is very young in the way of, really knowing how to properly treat and support individuals and patients with autoimmune disorders. You know, diabetes, I think is the most well-known one. Right. And so there's lifestyle interventions that they recommend now for diabetes, um, you know, diet and exercise regimes and those types of things. But for Hashimoto's, there's no lifestyle um, interventions or support that they offered to me or suggested whatsoever. And there's a ton I've now, I've now learned there's a ton of things that I need to be doing dietary wise and exercise wise and wellness wise to be the best, you know, version of myself that I can be with this disorder. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think I was unaware at how 
ill-equipped our medical industry really is in these chronic disorders um, mm -hmm. until reading the book, The Disease Delusion by Dr. Bland. So um, it's a heavy read. So for anyone listening, it may like completely turn you off in chapter one because it is a lot of scientific information, but um, they do actually confront or he does actually confront how our medical industry is designed and at its core, our doctors are trained to deal with acute illnesses. So things that are caused by viruses and bacteria or breaks, you know, you break a bone, our doctors know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. um, but these lifestyle conditions that um, are really, you know, chronic, um, they don't have the same kind of training. So when you're dealing with the germ, there's a one-to-one -one relationship between the virus and the medicine that makes sense. That's how our pharmaceutical industry is really designed. One problem, one medicine to resolve it. But in the situation with autoimmune disorders or other chronic diseases, it's not a one-to-one -one relationship and it is so systemic and it's a symphony, right? So thinking about the symphony of the foods that we eat and the symphony of how our bodies work um, together, every organ, every system is connected. You know, it's not a single um, problem that's happening whenever we're facing these chronic illnesses. So um, just really that book highlighted for me how our doctors, it's not their fault um, per se, right. right? This is the training that they've received. This is how the industry is designed. Um, but it just further complicates, you know, you're a patient and you're expecting your doctor to have all the answers. I know that happened to me. So I started this health journey when I was like 19 and I went to the doctor and at that time, you know, I really thought that the doctor would have all the answers. You, we all put so much trust in physicians and I think it's warranted in certain situations and in others, we have to put some trust in ourselves and some responsibility, um, you know, in ourselves to actually advocate and, and take, um, take ownership of what we can do. I also wonder, and I'd love your thoughts on this, Jen, like, I wonder how many physicians um, kind of hesitate to give lifestyle recommendations because many of their patients would never follow them. You know, is there like some sort of hesitation like, oh, well, I can tell them to exercise, but they're never going to do it. So I might as well just prescribe the easy, you know, solution. Um, that's been in the back of my head of, I wonder yeah. how many people just feel like, you know, maybe it would be malpractice for me to say, go exercise more if they won't actually do it. And then they end up worse than they were when they came to see me. Um, yeah. So just something to kind of noodle on. Maybe we'll yeah. talk about it later. <laughs> noodle on <laughs> to chew on. Sure. Um, I, when I worked in the clinical setting, I have to say, you know, the doctors, the dietitians, the physical therapists, occupational therapists, there, I mean, these different fields, there's definitely more credibility from the physician perspective on certain fields um, than others, right? So with the nutrition field, since, I mean, if we think about nutrition as an actual field of study, it's relatively young, right? Sure. Um, and it's, and it's ever evolving. And so, you know, I constantly hear from people, oh, um, well, wait 10 years and, you know, that will be bad for you or, you know, sure. or that will be like good eggs. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, exactly. Right. And cholesterol and, you know, all the things that we're learning. And it's, it's, it's not because we were wrong. It's just because we're, as we grow as a, as a society and as a population, and as that, as a field and a science, we learn new stuff. Sure. Um, so 
but I think that doctors do make lifestyle recommendations, but, and I don't think that they hesitate to do that because there's, they don't think that a patient will follow them. I think that they don't have the training in the background. Doctors right. have like one semester in basic general nutrition, maybe two. Um, and so they don't feel, you know, qualified to give any sort of extensive, right. um, you know, tips or tricks or treatment options or anything like that. So, and only if it's a, you know, medical diagnosis that is well-established like diabetes, heart disease, those types of things, will they refer to a dietitian, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes kind of that whole model of healthcare or sick care, really, um, if you want to think about it that way, that it's, it's part, it's built into the model and the process where the hiccups kind of lie and where the lack of confidence potentially from the physician side in their training, but also how the system is just set up, right. Right. Um, for them to kind of get into any sort of detail, which, and you know, that really does put the onus, you know, the responsibility on the patient to, to, okay, so these are lifestyle changes. This is something I have to do. It's not a pill that I can take. You know, this is something, a change that I need to make. And so, our medical system is just not set up in that way, right? Like you were saying with chronic diseases, this is, you would have to man, they would have to manage that patient through right. that change and check in with them and make sure that, you know, they have all the support systems that they need and this, that, and the other. And so they know that they can't provide that right in that 10 or 15 minute interaction. Um, or even if you make another appointment, it's, you're just not going to get all of what you need in that session. So I think that's where some of those kind of um, maybe perhaps hesitations, if you can call it that. Sure. Um, but it's just kind of the limitations of that system. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's, it's nice to hear kind of based on your clinical experience, what you observed in that setting. Um, I definitely think for me, the times that I've not been um, provided any sort of nutrition uh, guidance um, has likely been just a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge on my mm -hmm. doctor's part. Um, because I think that I probably came to the table very willing to make changes. And I was the type of patient that was like, I don't want to take medicine. I was very opposed to being on an immunosuppressant. I have been on immunosuppressants in my life. I am currently not. And I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, at that time I was always like pleading, like, give me some other options. And I think that um, my doctor just was very traditional and did not have the nutritional perspective to provide to me. Um, but I also have individuals in my life who don't take a lot of ownership for their own health and wellness. And I think they'd be the type of patient that would say, can you just give me a pill for that? And so for an individual like that, I can understand a doctor being a little leery of making other recommendations and feeling like that patient would not follow through anyway. Um, so oh, I, yeah. I think it depends a little bit on how you, as a patient, go into the doctor's office and, and really speak about your own situation too. You know, what are you willing to, to really do in order to feel better? Um, and we see people all the time who do things that they know aren't good for them. Um, you know, there's still people who smoke in today's world, um, knowing that it's not good for them. Um, so we all do things that are counterproductive to our own health goals, um, based on lots of factors in life. Um, so kind of depends on how you approach it, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. So, um, Jen, do you want to share maybe like what you're most passionate about and what you really want to, to bring to the podcast? Sure. 
Um, so food. So we talked a little about that already. We're hungry I'm like, now. <laughs> I, I'm always hungry. I'm perpetually hungry. This podcast may turn about- into like a snacking show, snacking and <laughs> cooking. It's fine. We'll just, we'll just roll with it. If you start hearing crunching everyone, we're okay. <laughs> we're just eating. We're okay. Yeah. And I am, I'm sipping on my chicory root, um, hot beverage right now. So, but yeah, no, I, I am passionate about food. I think I'm I just, my plight in life, I've always teased is I just want to feed the world. I just want to feed the people good, delicious, healthy food that's nourishing and, you know, wonderful to eat. Um, Food for me has been such a personal, but also for everyone, it's a personal experience, but nostalgic, right? So my dad was in the Navy for 29 years. And so I grew up moving all around the world. And, um, you know, as my friendships and stuff would come in and out of my life and those things, the one constant was my family, my immediate family, my brothers and sisters, my mom and my dad, but also the food that we were getting to enjoy together and experience together in all these different countries and everything. So we were, um, my dad was stationed in Italy. And so we got to, you know, eat all the Italian food, which was amazing, but also traveled to these other countries, you know, France, Germany, um, Switzerland, like everywhere, and just kind of experienced those foods. So I, I love that, you know, culture, the cultural aspect of that, that every culture um, eats food, right, but they go about it different. And I think that that is so cool and very, interesting to me, right? I always say my, my big life motto is there's not one right way to do anything, right? Um, that's what I learned from that background and that upbringing. So I love food, but I am, like I said, you know, I'm the mom of two kiddos. I just had a baby. She's seven, almost eight months old. My goodness, geez, Louise. Um, and then I have a five-year-old in kindergarten. So I am busy, 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 and I work full-time. My husband, um, works for a contract company and he works shift work. So, you know, I'm flying solo with the kiddos a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I've got to get healthy, you know, good meals on the table that they're going to eat, that we can eat together. Um, but that we also really enjoy and we're excited about, right? So, um, I think that one of the main things that I can bring to this podcast is that my passion and love of food and discussing food. Um, but those simple like life hacks, how to, you know, make it, keep it simple. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, good food, delicious, whole food, you know, plant-based foods, um, can just be so simple. It doesn't have to be that like, um, paralysis by analysis, right. Um, that you kind of talked about when, um, with, you know, your autoimmune diagnosis and just kind of being like, wow, like, where do I start with this? I don't want food. I can kind of, uh, weed out some of that, um, for our listeners and help them know, all right, well, if I want to do this, where do, what's, what's my first step? Where do I begin? Right. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that is very true to who you are and it's how you live. So, um, there's a lot of exciting information that I know I will learn from you. I already have. I learn from you every day. Thanks to Marco Polo. Yeah, this will just be, we, we should get an advertisement from them. Um, <laughs> we really should, <laughs> or at least um, a premium account, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Free premium account. I'd love to make yeah. those little notes. Um, Anyway, uh, so yeah, I think that's awesome. And I know that this is just going to help me continue to learn from you even more. So that's exciting. I think for me, um, my kind of motto when I think about what I want to do in life is really help others unlock their potential. I think the way that I do that a little differently um, is really thinking about the journey. 
So I've been on this journey. You know, I've started from square one. My mom was a single mom uh, working at McDonald's. So most of my meals in life have been fast food meals. And Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, there's always a conflict between convenience and availability and cost and all of the things that you're having to deal with in a day and maybe some of your goals. And I think, you know, what I really hope to be able to do is help people find it approachable, you know, to start looking at food for nourishment um, and be able to find ways to actually make it available to themselves to eat for the way they want to feel. So I know like I have felt bad and sometimes I felt bad and didn't even realize I was feeling bad. I thought that's just what life was. That's what I was supposed to feel like. Everyone feels crappy after they eat lunch. Everyone gets headaches in the morning and that's actually not true. And I didn't know that until I unlocked some of these different, you know, pieces of information that helped me change, but I'm still in the journey and I want to share where I am right now. And the struggles that I have um, so that others can recognize that, you know, this, this takes time. It takes time to evolve and to become the person that you want to be. And food is one component of that, right? I mean, one of the things that I like about um, our podcast concept is connection and being able to say that, you know, I feel like a whole healthy human because my life is balanced and uh, with food as one piece of it to unlock the way that I really want to feel. Um, So I really, you know, kind of similar to Jen, just want to bring that first person perspective of this is who I am. This is how I've gone through this journey. I'm sure we'll sprinkle in some change management tips in terms of how to make a change sustainable in your life, because we likely won't be able to help ourselves (laughs) Um, (laughs) since we both have uh, careers in that um, space. So uh, definitely something that will probably come to mind as well as we talk about not just the tips themselves, but how to integrate things into our own lives. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to go on this journey with you. I, I, you know, I, that's my favorite thing because I feel like at the end of the day, you're the best person to be on the (laughs) other side of this call with, and I can't wait to just share everything we got. So, um, one thing I know we want to add before we wrap up today's episode is, okay, we're really punny people. So (laughs) we want to have a little recurring segment called the chicory root sip of the day, which will be a fun tip that's easy to integrate, um, based on our own lives. And today's sip of the day comes from Jen. So Jen, you want to share? I would love to. So on my health journey, I um, had some of my nutritional like food sensitivities assessed and it was determined that coffee, I'm actually allergic to coffee, and which makes a lot of sense looking back when I would drink my couple cups of coffee in the morning, which I love the taste of coffee. I loved it. Um, warming hot beverage, you know, I uh, would get those like jittery, like headaches and just feel wonky throughout the rest of the day. Um, so I was switched to tea and I was like, okay, this is nice, but um, it just wasn't quite hitting the the coffee substitute spot for me. Um, So I tried chicory root 
and putting little chicory root granules in a little press pot. So this is our tip too, like with the logistics sprinkled in here, right? <laughs> How to Gwen, do it. <laughs> yeah, because Gwen- has, I did it wrong. <laughs> That's why everyone, I drank the like actual root. You're, I mean, it was fine. It was a little chewy. <laughs> There's not one right way to do anything, Gwen. Okay. You did fine. It didn't kill me. So if you're out there and you're like, I don't have a press pot, it may not be as enjoyable, but it did not kill me to actually chew on the chicory root. So just in case, but if, if you have anything, if you have like a tea, like infusion ball, you could put the chicory root in that, like, or just strain it out before you pour it into your cup or mug, whatever. Yeah. Mesh strainer works pretty well. Yes. And yeah, so you can do that. Um, press pot obviously is what I do and that works great. Um, but yeah, you just put the chicory root in there, a couple of tablespoons um, per cup and or one, it's one tablespoon per eight ounces. And you put that in there with some hot water and press it out. And I've been adding some pumpkin pie spice, like seasoning Ooh, to that. Oh yeah. Delicious. And the world is like, you know, the, the possibilities are endless layer. You could cinnamon, nutmeg, whatever, cloves, ground cloves, whatever's your flavor. Um, and then just a little bit of plant-based milk in there. So I do coconut milk. Um, you could do almond, oat milk, whatever, again, is your flavor there. And it is a wonderful substitution. It's warming. It's got like a little bit of, um, I've heard it described as like a little bit of a woody flavor, um, which I would agree with, but it is, it's just delicious. And it has been the perfect substitution. It has just a little bit of the nutrition information about chicory root. So it has absolutely no caffeine in it. Um, it doesn't have any coffee bean elements to it, right? Because that's what I was allergic to is not the caffeine, but the coffee bean itself. So it's a totally separate entity. It's the chicory root. And it has some really great um, prebiotic fiber in it um, in the way of inulin. So um, that's really exciting. And it can help, you know, manage um, or stabilize blood sugar um, levels and things like that. So it's just kind of a, a little powerhouse of a little root there. Um, and I love it. Yeah. And, you know, um, Cafe Du Monde in New Orleans, their coffee is actually part coffee, part chicory root. So mm -hmm. another option, if you don't have a sensitivity to coffee, would be to maybe add some chicory root to your existing coffee. I don't know what the blend would be, um, but, you know, just mix in some chicory root so that you still get the digestive benefits from the root itself. But if you don't have that coffee sensitivity, you could still include your coffee um, in the morning as well. That's a great, and, and in fact, I think more people do that. They do like a chicory root coffee combo and it, you know, you can, you can play with the uh, concentration of that. So 50, 50, I think is what um, is super common, but you, I mean, you could do whatever, whatever you wanted to. Absolutely. And I think you should tell the good people about your uh, hot cocoa version of oh, yeah. the chicory the root good, and care. The good people. The good people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our listeners. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I made this hot cocoa um, chicory based on the chicory root. And so just brewed a cup of chicory root. Um, hot beverage. And then I put a tablespoon, but I've played with kind of the concentrations and you can too, of carob powder, um, which is naturally sweet, has kind of a caramelly flavor to it. It's um, very, very satisfying. And it's an alternative to chocolate, which I also was mildly sensitive to. So not allergic. Tear. <laughs> Thank goodness. I know. <laughs> big, big, sad, sad tear. Um, but I wasn't allergic to it. So I just have to kind of watch my chocolate intake. Um, but carob is a great substitute for that. And it has our, it's already naturally sweet. Whereas, you know, um, cocoa powder is not, um, 
you, you'd have to like sweeten that, you know, like chocolate, they, they add sugar sweeteners to those, but carob powder is a little bit sweet on its own. So I do, um, a tablespoon or a tablespoon and a half of that. And then I did, um, and you, Gwen, you've done some different stuff, but I've done, um, a little bit of like a teaspoon of xylitol, um, which is a more natural sweetener as well. Um, it does lend some calories, so it's not sugar-free. It's not like a sugar, um, um, sugar-free option, but, um, it also gives you some of that, um, good, um, blood sugar stabilizing properties in there as well. And so I've sweetened it with a little bit of that, but honestly, the carob powder is sweet enough for me. Um, I haven't been doing any refined or added sugars at all. So I've completely changed my palate. Um, to that end. So I like fruit, like bananas are so sweet to me now. I'm like, wow, whew, uh, that's all I need to add to something for a little bit of sweetness, but that, and then just topping that, um, hot cocoa off with a little bit of plant-based milk. So oat milk works really good. Cause it's thick. It has a, like a nice thick creamy consistency, but coconut milk would work great. Soy milk. Um, any of your, any of your plant-based milks would work wonderful. Absolutely. And it's caffeine free. So you could have it in the evening. Um, before mm -hmm. bed uh, as a nice relaxing drink. And I actually use maple syrup as my sweetener um, instead mm -hmm. of the, was it xylitol you said? Xylitol, yep. Um, so I used maple syrup. And then as Jen mentioned, it's sweet enough that she actually convinced me to try it with no sweetener. And I, I was able to enjoy it without anything. So um, it is a really satisfying drink and nice and comforting in the evening. Oh, yeah. um, and I got a little obsessed with it during the holidays that just passed. <laughs> so <laughs> I've had to cut back a little. <laughs> Well, you've also been able to figure out a ton of different variations of it though, too, with doing that. So it does make it fun when you try yeah. it different each time. So mm -hmm. play around with it, people. It'll be yeah. a, a nice little treat for you and give you some nice digestive benefits and blood sugar benefits. So enjoy. That's your sip of the day, the chicory root sip of the day. That's right. Awesome. Right. Well, Jen, do you have anything that you want to add before we sign off? I don't think so. That seemed awesome. I loved our first episode. Yeah. Well, if you can't tell, we are so thrilled. Um, and if you actually listened and made it to the end of this episode, thank you so much from the bottom <laughs> of our hearts. We are so excited that you're here and we hope to have a new episode for you uh, in a few weeks. Um, and we'll dive into something a little bit more specific. This is just to let you get to know us and um, stay tuned. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.